Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. I'm Matt Southcombe, he's Ben James and he's Andy Owl. Good afternoon, chaps. Afternoon, massive. That's a dynamic intro, isn't it? I know, I'm back in the hot seat now. I want to make the most of it, make sure I'm here for a while, isn't it? Mr. James has been taking over. I he's think we leave. He's a great rival. He's been doing a really good job, Matt. Jocelyn, Jocelyn. You've got a lot to live up to. Nothing wrong with a bit of healthy competition, is anyway. it? All about Jocelyn for the jersey. Well, talking of Jocelyn for the jersey, uh, obviously, Wales squad today, 37 man squad. Only one place to start, isn't it? Jonah Holmes, Luke Morgan. Who saw it coming? No one. No one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's fair enough. As, as long as I saw the name Jonah uh, Holmes, I thought that uh, they made a mistake. And uh, um, it, obviously, I don't think it's, think it's fair to say. Not many people in Wales knew much about him. And I don't think anybody outside the WIU knew he was Welsh qualified. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Luke Morgan, of course, has come off the Sevens programme. Only played limited number 15 inside games for the Ospreys, but it's done really well. Yeah, Wales' is all-time record try score as well on sevens. And I know you can't wait to bang this drum again. I, I've been banging this drum for weeks. And genuinely, I, you know, I think it was the game out in Zebra. I covered that one. Not actually out in Zebra, fully enough. Um, but I just thought, you know, North's had all the headlines, and rightly so, but Morgan's looked a real threat on that left wing. Uh, looks to have all these sort of attributes. Um that he's brought from the sevens game to the 15 aside, and I, I felt if anyone was going to be a bit of a shock, it was going to be uh, Luke Morgan today. But then it turns out that he wasn't even the big shock. It was a uh, big Jonah Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, Holmes. I mean, you speak to I've spoken to a few mates who are season ticket holders at Leicester Tigers, so they see him quite regularly up there. Um, nothing but praise, really, which bodes well. Big lad, quick feet. Um, solid under the high ball, decent defensively. Physicals, we were told today. Yeah, physicals, Which, you, know, you know. I mean, Gatland and Audi like that. It all bodes well, doesn't it? So, you know, but it's it's like all these uncapped call ups, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? You know, unproven on the international stage. You know, he scored 10 tries in 11 games last year, so must be doing something right. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Adams scored a lot of tries as well last yeah, season, exactly. didn't he? So, so he was doing something right as well. Yeah. The, the game they sort of pointed back to, Gatlin pointed back to a lot today, was Twickenham, Northampton. Twickenham, Northampton, mm. which um, he didn't actually score that day, but he set up two. First of which, sort of, it was a one on one with the fullback, and he's got about 30 yards of space outside the fullback, and most wings there, they pin their ear back and go for the corner. Instead, he runs at the Fullbacks inside shoulder and puts Ben Youngs over, mm-hmm. and it's just that came from that it, clearance of Dan Biggers, I believe. And Bigger tried to cross, well, one of clearance tried to cross kick from inside his twenty-two, down, yeah. and it backfired badly because the ball landed with Holmes, who had time and space on his hands and took full advantage. I think he beat about two players yeah. before setting Youngs up. Well, he was at fullback that day as yeah. well, so yeah. he's obviously versatile. He's Not that Wales need any more versatility yeah. in the back three, but I mean he's another one who can play both. Well, they've got um, a lot of options in a back three now. They have got a lot of options, but it's a funny one as well because he's named seven back three players. To me, that seems excessive. Um, well, we'll come on to it a bit later, but it seems to have taken up space in the rest of the squad. But do you really need seven back three players? Mm, well, probably not. Come the World Cup, you won't have that many. So, what's it, so, but does that not say then that there's more merit to, to calling up Jonah Holmes than because he's not there out of necessity? Well, he's there because they actually want to have a look at him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's he's going to play, isn't he? He's Gavin's definitely going to play against Tonga, for sure. Yeah. Might he play against Scotland? First yeah. game. They, they've seen something they like in him, so I think they'd be, they'd be prepared to give him an opportunity. 
well that's fair enough that's the way it should be as for Luke Morgan I know Ben's Ben's convinced are you convinced Dan? Well, he's a good player and I, I do put a great deal of store in the sevens uh, sevens myself uh, you see with other nations out of New Zealand etc um, uh, use it uh, in sevens you've got to be able to defend mm. obviously because you get totally exposed in sevens yeah. you know it's a lot of one on one tackling and uh He's got good skill set. He's quick. Thought he played well against the Scarlets. That was a game Wales picked up on. Thought he did well. He's got good feet. Um, he, he's interesting selection, uh, and I think he is a valid selection, and he is definitely worth a look at. Yeah. What I will say on his defence is uh, coming from sevens. He's, he's one. He's you know physically shown he can sort of play this game. He hasn't backed down from tackles, and two. If there was a problem with his defence, he's been working with Brad Davis and more importantly Sean Edwards. Mm. He wouldn't be in this squad if Sean Edwards thought there was something. No, for up. sure. Yeah, and it costs you in sevens. You've got to gain over the ball a bit as well, so he'd be, uh, uh, you know, he'd be used to that. Yeah, I'm just going to add a little bit of a different side to it myself. Um, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that his sheer pace and elusiveness makes him a threat at any given moment in any given game. He showed that so far, um, and he is a potential game breaker. And the more you've got in your side, the more dangerous you are as a unit. However, it is a shot to nothing, really, isn't it? They wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if this doesn't come off. So you're saying they're doing a Sam Cross? I think it's a very much a Sam Cross kind of experiment, and it's it carries all the merit that that selection carried as well. Um, you know, both obviously talented rugby players, but nobody's got any idea how either of them were going to perform on the international stage. And the same applies here. There's a lot less space, obviously, more men on the field. You're talking about much bigger athletes now. Although, you know, some of the sides and sounds are quite big lads. You know, you've got the Fijians, etc. Um, big old units. But in 15s is different. On the wing, you can be exposed aerially. You know, the teams kick on him. There could be an issue there because he's not the biggest in the world, um, and he will be coming up against some pretty big wingers. Yeah, it's not such a big issue though, now, is it? In here, because if you get off the ground, they can't touch you. Yeah. You are protected nowadays, unless the kick is absolutely spot on, which allows the chasing player to compete for the ball. There's no point that chasing player competing because yeah. they run the risk of being sent off. Yeah, I guess. So you are protected. He did, he did that a lot against the Scarlets. Got off the ground early, and it was it, 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 it went from being a sort of battle for the ball to just being him going up and getting the ball. Mm. I just think it's one of those where um, if it goes well, then one of these two could potentially be you know, a World Cup bolter, but it, it could at the same time not work out, and we'll all shrug our shoulders and move on and say, well, you know, they were given a chance, and that's all they can ask for. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm not quite sold on it as much as as some people. But that's, I that's just me. The, the, the other thing to mention with that is you say one of these two could become World Cup bolters. Gatland has named eight injured players uh, who aren't in the squad. He's named them purely for the purpose that they probably would have been in the squad mm. had they not been injured. Owen Lane is one of them. So mm-hmm. however much you read into that, there's an argument that Owen Lane is ahead of either one. Or maybe both of those players. Well, the way I read that is that he's, if Owen Lane was fit, he's one of the other two wouldn't yeah. have been selected. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Yeah. that's the way that's, I read it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to like, spare a thought for Owen Lane as well. It's the second time he's missed out on a Wales squad now yeah. because he's got injured at the wrong time. And you, 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 as soon as you saw his hamstring go chasing a lost cause, really, on the weekend, you just knew, didn't you, that it was going to 
it was going to cost him. But you know, I like Owen Lane. I, yeah, I must say what I've seen of him. Yeah. I think he's a really good player defensively. He's sound. He's big, athletic. He's actually perhaps slimmed down a bit for this season. Looks yeah. even a bit sharper. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he's if if, if he plays in a World Cup on the wing at yeah. this stage. Wouldn't be surprised if he forces his way really. I'm prepared he's to. He's a really good player and he's such a good finisher. I keep holding out hope for him. He's probably the one player who I do hold out hope for. Um, in in terms of if he, if he comes in in the Six Nations or whatever, then I think he could potentially still play at the World Cup. I think I think the fact that he's uncapped and he's in he's been included in that injured, injured list that 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 shows that he has got. Although he's on camp, he's, he's got some stock in that camp with Gallant's thinking. Yeah. So, you know, and Gallant said today, you know, even if you are injured, your World Cup bid is not over for missing the autumn. No. You, your opportunity could come as late as training camp for the World Cup next year. Mm. You wouldn't back against Owen Lane, even if he didn't make the Six Nations for one reason or another, stepping into the World Cup training camp and, and laying down a marker and perhaps getting in that World Cup final squad. Mm. Got to be excited about seeing Liam Williams back in a Wales shirt as well. Been on fire for Saracen so far this season. Didn't play on the weekend, obviously, because pulled out late. But got to be excited about him. Yeah, for the, sure. Over yeah. Over the stadium. Yeah, they were talking him up as though he's improved his game since he's been at Saracen's, playing with all those other world stars. Mm. And he's, uh, you know, came come on a bit more, perhaps become a bit more of a team player. And uh, I think they're looking forward to seeing what he can do as. Uh, as well, because of course, yeah. uh, last season wasn't it for him was interrupted by a lot of injuries, yeah. so we didn't see the best of Liam after he did so well on the Lions. Mm. I think it's been a nice balance in it, sort of, in the games he's played. He's, he's had a couple of games on the wing where he's got hat tricks with probably a combined total of about fifteen meters. You know, which is just pure finishing, isn't it? And then he's played fullback, and he's had games where he's set up tries for other people, and probably. As as Andy says, being that team player, so it's it's a nice little balance, and we'll probably see him on in the autumn on the wing. Yeah, so let, let's let's so you know let's cut to the chase here now. That Wales is first choice back for easily after any Liam Williams and George North. Simple as. Yeah, it's clearer than Serbian, isn't it? I don't think anybody would debate that. And I mean, you know, I've talked up George North as much as anyone in the last sort of two weeks, so you know, I ain't going to backtrack on that now. Um, you know, surprised to see Steph Evans in there. That's a bit of a. Well, I wouldn't say it's a shock, but I mean, he spent the bulk of his season so far in the A team. As uh, Scarlets, yeah. you wouldn't have. Uh, uh, I don't think it's a shock. I think what it shows is that Wales are giving Steph Evans a message and look, things have not been going fantastically well for you at the Scarlets this season, but we've got confidence in you. Are all those players going to play? Okay. So you've got seven back three players in there. Are they all going to play in the in, in the autumn? Sorry, it depends how they treat the Tonga game. Uh, well, not the Tonga game. That'll be experiment the team. Yeah. Uh, the Scotland game. Yeah. I uh, know. Yeah. So well, obviously, only the Welsh based players are going to be playing in that. Obviously, Adams and Liam Williams Adams, are out. They? Adams, so, Liam Williams, and uh, and Holmes uh, are out. Aren't so then, they? you know, it's it's, it's so you look at that back three then, and you it's probably Morgan or Evans, isn't it? Yeah, you probably go Morgan or Evans. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, based on current form, he's getting a debut against Scotland. Isn't he? Well, yeah, the other option yeah. they got there, of course, is if they play hands come full back and put half penny on the wing. I don't see them doing that. Yeah, but this that that brings me on to the next one. You've got Rhys Patchell, who's not fully fit at the moment. Um, well, they're concerned about his future. Well, yeah. So, And that's why Jalad Evans, he's not in the squad, but he will be training with the squad. Yeah, so let's talk about that in a bit more detail then. You've got Bigger, Bigger who's back in the squad, much to your dismay. Uh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, not, 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 not from the point of view about Dan Bigger, but everyone knows what Dan Bigger can do. Yeah. He's one of the most confident players in the world. 
and uh, it doesn't matter if he didn't play for Wales between now and the World Cup he would come back in for the safe of the opening game of the World Cup and he'd just be the same damn bigger he would just be full of confidence wouldn't be dented and he'd do what damn bigger uh, does uh, I would have uh, left him out of this autumn squad yeah. because he's such a big personality in uh, in the squad I think it would have relieved a bit of the pressure on the other outside halves in the squad if they were playing they see bigger on a bench or whatever he wants to get on yeah. and so he would have given them a bit more breathing space didn't they uh, have that chance in the summer though? the boys they did well and the boys did well we yeah. scored a lot of tries but the, Dan Bigger's going to be there in the World Cup isn't he? so they might as well get used to him being there now if that's an issue uh, but you, what happens if Dan Bigger then gets a uh, uh, these boys don't get much of a chance because Bigger's about and then Bigger gets injured in the final warm-up match we just throw those boys in well, perhaps in those confidence you wouldn't be throwing them in would you they are experienced in I think, I think we know now. that all three of them are going to get starts this autumn that's, that's the ideal tonight for Gallon. that's right, what he yeah. said today that he wanted but because of Patchell's injury problems I can see why Bigger is in a squad yeah. because uh, you know as well, Gatlin was talking today is even a possibility that uh, you know Patchell might not play this autumn and he raised he even raised the uh, idea of Gat- uh, Patchell not playing again this season because yeah, of these ongoing these concussion rest, issues he's had similar rest to, to George, George North, North yeah. and he's had a lot of concussions now mm-hmm. uh, Patchell so the, you know he's got to be worried based on everything we've said then is Anscombe's in the driver's seat to start against Scotland is he not uh, fly off yes. you've got yeah. bigger who's yeah. yes. unless a deal is struck is yeah. unavailable and Patchell who's perhaps not fully fit then that would mean that Anscombe starts a fly off yeah Anscombe wants to start this fly off for the Blues and for Wales mm-hmm. and he's uh, taken lessons on board which Wales picked up on in, uh, in the summer worked really hard doing the off season and uh, I think Wales think he's come back a, a better player they see the attacking uh, threat he poses. He plays uh, flat. He's quick. Tests the opposition defense. He's got really good timing and passing. Uh, his timing of his passing, his passing game, and uh, he, he, you know, I, I think they feel now. I think they feel this could be a chance. Let's give Anscom a go and see uh, see if uh, he's got it because. Uh, until the part of the way through last season, since he's been in Wales, he's been uh, hindered by injuries. Mm. Now he's, uh, you know, he's sorted that grind problem out, and uh, he's obviously got fit. Everyone has put a run of games together, and uh, we'll say today he's been in outstanding form. He has been in outstanding form, Ben. So yep. you wouldn't, you wouldn't have too many qualms with chucking him in, would you? No, not at all. Um, so I think so. The, the Chris, not the, the criticism on social media, but the sort of people's concerns were that he hadn't played enough at ten this season because obviously he played at fullback on the weekend, yeah. but. Yeah, Wales would like him to play more time for the Blues. Mm. Yeah, but then to be fair, Neil Jenkins just said today that he was happy with the the amount of game time. I think it's in terms of the games that Anscombe's mm. played. I think it's only Most, been yeah because Jarrah was ill. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. he has he probably has but, played enough. But Wales accept the Blues' best fifteen probably is with uh, uh, Kerem. The best players in the team is to play Anscombe at fifteen. Yeah. Mm. Were you were you slightly surprised to hear him name check? Jared Evans as potential cover for Patchell? No, it's pretty obvious. Is it? Yeah, of course it is, because he's a really good player. Does Rhys Priestland man. not need to be part of that conversation? Who? Rhys Priestland. Why? Why is he not next cab off the rank? Why, why should he be next cab off the rank? Well, because I think he's a quality international rugby player. You think you're back to 211, 212? Well, no, he's in good form at the moment for Bath. That's what I'm saying. I, I think Rhys Priestland would be next cab. I thought he would be next cab off the rank. And is there not an element? How's it there? gone for him the last 
Ten times he's played for Wales. Mixed. Very mixed. <laughs> yeah, that's no disrespect because he's a really good player. Yeah. Well, you, he, you know, he has been a good player. What he lacks is he lacks what Bigger's got. Temperament for international rugby. Yeah. Confidence. He's uh, yeah. bigger, so mentally strong. Well, I would argue that uh, that's what's led Reese Delvey's all the talent in the world. But confidence. Can you read too much into that Jared Evans comment? Which one? Well, the one about him being cover. Can you read too much into him being cover? I think they just got him in as a Saini's cover and all to uh, to uh, yeah, we, take we, the pressure we, off. Yeah, we know. And then they can play him. We know they're stronger. You think he's genuinely in with a chance of playing this, yeah, this autumn? I do. Yeah, if Pat, because if Patchell is declared unfit, mm-hmm. they will uh, they might formally have to uh, might formally add him to the squad. Yeah, because he doesn't have to be in the squad to play, does he? he can pick anyone. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, is is you would disagree with the notion then that he's benefited from being more local than Priestland in terms of being cover. Well, that well, certainly that helps them on the training front because uh, the, the Priestland would be available. Yeah, same as bigger Priestland bigger, and yeah, the English based guys are not available for as many training sessions. Yeah, the fact that obviously the well, Blues and Wales share, share a training facility has probably helped a little bit there. No, I think you have been uh, mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, mischievous. I'm just putting uh, some points to you. Well, but, yeah, and uh, uh, and a bit uh, and. Being a bit sort of uh, disrespectful to Jared Evans. Oh, no, no, oh, really no. Oh, no. I talk You know, saying he's in a squad here, just been making numbers up because the other boys are the other side of the Bristol <laughs> Channel. Now, well, that's out of order. <laughs> not, not, not technically in the squad, boys. Uh, he's not in the squad. Yeah, technically. Anyway, Ben, you, you got any comment on the situation? On what you just tried to discuss? Yes. I, I don't know if I want to open that can of worms, to be honest. Um, Yeah, you know, Priestland, I suppose the one argument with Priestland is, let's say, Bigger, Anscombe and Patchell went down on the eve of the World Cup's opening game. Would you rather bring in Reese Priestland, who has how many caps, plays at World Cup? Two World Cups under his belt. Or Jared Evans, who could feasibly be uncapped with a handful of training sessions? Jared Evans. I think I think he's a better player. This moment in time, I think it's Jared Evans. That's fair enough. And that's exactly the same as what New Zealand would do. They wouldn't go back to Andrew Mertens, would they? They are being. They, they have got to be. They have got to also be careful now not to do what happened to Sam Davis. Yeah, I think. I think they're, they're, they're clearly mindful of that. I well, think. What do you mean? Well, you know as well as I do, right? That his career was set back a good twelve to eighteen months after that was stint in the Wales squad. No, by the Ospreys. Well, by not by Wales, by the Ospreys. Well, no, I think when when he was named in that Six Nations squad, that's when his form really started to take a hit because he was playing. I remember him playing on a horrible Friday night up in Edinburgh for yeah. the Ospreys. Yeah, that was during the Six Nations. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So that during that period where he was back and forth different camps, he was in the Wales camp and he wasn't playing. He was in the match day squads and all this, and then he was playing on the bench and. I just think they, there was a lot of messing around in that period and that's the point you can pinpoint is the time that his form took a dip yeah, and it never really returned to the peak. He's because he's a confidence player but it wasn't just Wales, it was the Ospreys because yeah. he came on for the second half out in Rome in the Six Nations opener and Wales went to town on Italy and he mm. played really well and if there was a moment to pick him for Wales as start number 10 they should have picked him for the next match but of course they never. Mm. I think that was a setback for him and then 
so he was second fiddle for Wales, and he was also second fiddle at the Ospreys. And then the Ospreys then start messing around by picking him a fullback. Yeah, I know, yeah. you know, which is uh, which is daft when he had Dan Evans there, eh? and um, uh, Dan Bigger. Let's you know, let's face facts. Dan Bigger's been a main man for Wales and the Ospreys. Yeah. You know, he's run the show. He's been a Dan show. Yeah. So. Sam Davis then when he was back the Ospreys and Six Nations ended he wasn't getting the continuity the run of games which he'd had he'd had a bit of that because I think Bigger had Bigger had injury that season or something mm-hmm. so he got into a real rhythm at number 10 the Ospreys were playing well yeah. so he was on fire yeah. so you know, let's, you know and plus also don't forget he was World Under 20 Player of the Year mm-hmm. World Under 20 Player of the Year generally what happens apart from a couple of instances is those players the World Under 20 Players Become world stars within about eighteen months. Well, if you you know, I think that Dan, uh, Dan uh, Sam Davis, unfortunately, has been almost held back because we got this thing in Wales about our experience. We're obsessed with the word experience. We don't just throw in like they do in New Zealand, Australia, etc. Like age is just a number to me. If if you're good enough, you're old enough. Whether it's seventeen or thirty-seven. All right. So when they're ready, pick them in the squad, but play them. Don't pick him in the squad and mess about with him. Well, I think he should have played him. Yeah. Uh, uh, in that second match, that six nations, see how he went. If he went all right, I would have carried on playing him. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's because what, yeah. uh, you know, because that's post last World Cup, isn't it? So you you could argue Wales have wasted his development, some development time. Yeah. But yeah, they're clearly not going to do that with Jared. They haven't spoken to people at the Blues this season. I think. There is a conscious effort in the Wales camp not to do what they did with Sam Davis, so that does suggest, at least on Wales's part, that they acknowledge that there was some sort of culpability with Sam Davis. Um, Gat- Gatlin's always said it's going to be an eighteen-month process. He wants to see from Jared Evans. So far, we've seen six. So I think this is just the first sort of step. Let's get him in. Let's show him what we're about. Let's see what he's about. But. Yeah, they told him at the end of last season that work more on his kicking and his game management. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, he hasn't played much this season, but uh, the early signs, the early indications are quite good, quite good on that front. But you, you, you say about not ruining then Jared Evans, like he, he says they did with uh, uh, Sam Davis. If you go back to bigger or bigger, you know, we thought he was he had the confidence he could have played for Wales when he was seventeen, and it wouldn't have phased him whatsoever. You got to handle it's different people different ways, don't you? Yeah, no, it's about where, and I think Jared Evans is a different type of guy to uh, Sam did, Davis. When did Bigger make his debut? 2008? He was quite young then, you know, actually. When did, he, he when, did he, when did he break through to actually be in first choice 2013? It came after the. Um, he had five years in and out with that squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, 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 he got the number 10 jersey when Priest did his Achilles. So Bigger came uh, for the 2013. Uh, Six Nations. Six Nations. And. Um, and then he lost the jersey again the following autumn. But that's uh, Priestland has never been the same player. Not because of his injury, I don't think. But uh, Priestland came back, was first choice that autumn. But they, uh, they ended up dropping him. And after then, it's been uh, Dan's jersey uh, most of the time ever since. All right, I think we covered that one off quite nicely. And uh, we'll move into another big debate area now, and it's the back row. Um, this is a tricky one because it's arguably the most hotly contested part of the squad and yet he's only picked five back rowers it is interesting Uh, he's obviously left out Ollie Griffiths and Thomas Young Uh, is that something that you agree with and or would you have tried to have found space for one or or at least one of them I never expected Thomas Young to be in the squad 
Like, I was surprised to see him linked with a place in the squad. I must be honest. Yeah. Um, he plays in England. He's, I think, he's uh, he's hardly played a season because of uh, uh, injury. And Wales got such uh, good flankers who were based in Wales. Um, I think that was always going to count uh, count against him. Uh, I thought Ollie Griffiths had more of a, a, a chance of being in the squad, and I'm a little surprised he's not in the squad. But Gatlin gave an absolutely brilliant explanation today why he's not in the squad, was which it? was he said the Dragons have got two front rowers in the squad, Elliot D, Liam Brown. They got Lock in the squad, Corey Hill, and he said they got two back rowers in the squad, Ross Moriarty and Aaron Wainwright. And he said, what's not happening consistently to the Dragons? They're not winning consistently. So he says, you add another third back rower to it. You've got nearly the old Dragons pack enrolled in the squad. And yet the Dragons are not having fantastic success on the pitch. So he said, sometimes this is plain to see as that you've got to have players might be playing well individually, which he said Griffiths is, but mm-hmm. collectively they've got to be winning. So he challenged the Dragons does, to start winning more matches. Does, does, does that answer really wash when the two games they've won this year, Ollie Griffith has been man of the match in both of them? Why does the axe not fall on one of the others? Well, because he did explain, because Wales' injury problems, about six and eight with Altel, but Moriarty had to play eight, they had to get some balance in there, so they need, needed a six. And um, Lydia to go and uh, uh, play six with uh, Moriarty like the play to switch to eight and Wainwright is uh, Wainwright is uh, can play uh, is a blighter flanker as well yeah. who can play open side and is big and athletic yeah I think and it's certainly one for the future as well it's difficult I think the um, Falatel injury has obviously had some sort of bearing on that back row selection um, particularly the selection mm. of Lydiate because um, yeah, you look at that and you think right Moriarty's the number yeah. eight for the series isn't he yeah. so right, I um, think Lydiate is in there as a bit of a safety yeah, blanket and a bit of Gat- a if things go wrong chuck Dan in and you know you know what you get don't you yeah Gatlin also pointed out about Navidi and uh, James Davis who were both on the injured list yeah. but you know straight away you got four top uh, open sides with uh, the tip of Alex Jenkins who he was praised highly and um, uh, so you know this Griffiths was anyway would he be number five in the back in order so do you, do you write him off this coming World Cup and think in four years down the line? Yeah. I think I think in terms of recent squads, and it's it's probably more prevalent because everyone is aware of what strength we have at open side, but a lot of the recent squads have been uh, more heavily leaned towards having more open sides in the squad. And I think Gatlin was vocal today about finding a balance between having the right amount of blind sides and open sides, and you can honestly see Dan Lydia starting against Scotland. You understand the potential confusion, though, right? When you've named four tight heads and seven back three players, surely you could have found room in a thirty-seven man squad for another open. You side. could have named more players if they wanted, couldn't you? It could. It becomes. It does get to a point where it's a little bit unwieldy. But I mean, I was surprised to see other areas of the squad as bloated as they were, when obviously, when obviously our our most competitive position is back row. I just, I just thought that was that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe the only reason I can think of there is because you might feel those are the positions that we need to develop more depth. Yeah, I think and you, you know, tight, tight, tight head is obviously four tight heads there. I think the idea is that Dylan Lewis is going to cover loose head as well because next year there is going to need to be a compromise in a thirty-one man squad, and that could be having a prop like Aaron Jarvis four years ago, mm. who can who can do both. Yeah, but then do you really need three and four split mm. for this autumn? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the question. But you know, 
Yeah, and I think a tight head is still wide open. I think that is one position in the worst team, which is still wide open. I say to be nailed down for someone to grab. Yeah. So uh, pleased to see Leon Brown back in the mix. I think his potential. Eh? Yeah, he's got potential. Yeah, he potential. He has eh? got uh, potential. I think so. Like scrummaging needs uh, improving, and uh, you know I think he will improve though with uh, Wales. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing that could happen this autumn as well is they might try Corey Hill on the back row. You think? Well, that's Gatlin raised a possibility today yeah. about uh, uh, about uh, what you said about five or six pops to the World Cup. Do we pick a lock like Seb Davis or he's name check Corey Hill who could also play back row? I always get a bit nervous when I start hearing about second rows playing in the back rows. It's not uh, so not, not a move that sits well with me, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, so not everyone can do it. Yeah. It really works. He, he also said as well that da- yeah. Seb Davis could play a, if he plays a game for the Blues or for a club. Could come into the squad at some stage, sort of. Where do you think that would be? Do you think that would be in the second row well, or as a back row? Both, I think. Hmm. He, he, he name checked Seb Davis, but it, that seemed to be the sort of. He named Corey Hill as well. Yeah, but it, it seemed to be a marker for a lot of for anyone on that injured list. Hmm. It's, it seemed to be. Hmm. Now there's seven back three players. I'm not saying if Owen Lane is suddenly all right halfway through yeah, the memory well, gets called up, but. Falatel makes then it. They're, they're definitely going to be monitoring all eight of those players. Yeah. So you know, Navidi could come in, and then we we suddenly have another open side. That's that's just something to keep an eye on through November. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, Lydia, I think Lydia will definitely get his chance again this autumn. Is it? What's yeah, interesting? Yeah. McBride was saying today that someone asked him, "Would we see sort of more of the dual open sides?" Uh, and he said, "You know, if if the game dictates that we play that way, we will. But it's probably going to be more traditional blindside open side." So. Instinctively, you look at that five. You'd think maybe, oh, maybe Ellis and Tiprick will play six, seven. Yeah. But, but from what I've heard today, it wouldn't shock me if it was Dan Lydia alongside the traditional open side. Well, I, 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 I suggest that Dallas Jenkins will be open side. Lydia will be blind side, and Moriarty will be number eight. Don't rule that out. I think Ben, Ben, enlighten us on about the debate for the be starting number nine. Yeah, you got a piece on the way on that, haven't you? I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I've binned it. I've binned it, and I'm, I'm actually going to look at surprise, surprise. Luke Morgan is there, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, we. I'll probably come on to Thomas Williams at some point again in a piece. But yeah, I, I you know, it wouldn't shock me if he started against uh, Scotland. I thought on the weekend he looked absolutely fantastic. Obviously, there was the try which he took exceptionally well, um, getting on the shoulder of Ellis Jenkins from the intercept, and then. I think it was the Leon 13 who tried to stop him. He just stepped him inside then out. It was just yeah. outrageous. Set up Ollie Robinson's try with a break. And then the Gareth Anscombe try that everyone's been going wild about. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, the the last sort of dummy pass from Anscombe that gets him by boxes, it's, it's the support line from out to in from Thomas Williams that buys him the split second to get through. And that's... I don't know if Anscombe was aware of him, but it, it just it, it stops Boxies from fixing onto Anscombe for a split second, and that creates the try. And I just think Nugget, uh, Martin Williams on the weekend said he's got a touch of the Mike Phillips about him. He tackled everything in France on the weekend, and it wouldn't shock me if he started. He just looks a, a really good prospect. Um, the other thing in his favour, I guess, is Anscombe's probably going to start against Scotland. And we saw in the summer that Gatlin went with regional teammates didn't he I think it was mm-hmm. Williams and Anscombe against South Africa then Patchell and Ali Davis who was yeah. still technically a scarlet at that point 
yeah. against Argentina, so that that could help him. You, you've all sat quietly through that and look, I agree with look, you. look vaguely impressed or bored. <laughs> no, no, I tell you what, I'm just looking on uh, sucking on Twitter now as we're talking here. Andy Good has tweeted um, that uh, Christian Wade was beaten by Jonah Holmes yeah. in 10 and 20 and 40 metre speed tests well, he's during quick, their time together at Wasps. He also right. left him for dead. Uh, there was a try last year, intercept. Jonah Holmes picks it off, and you'd think Christian Wade chasing him down is going to do him, and uh, gets left for dead. I saw that. I do it's wonder cool. on that one though whether or not Wade was slightly off balance. But um, I think Wade, Wade, Wade has always had a slight problem with his. I think his core balance. I remember Darren Campbell. I think was working with him, and a lot of the Wasp boys in terms of sorting out the core balance so I, I, I thought that when I first saw the clip but you know you can only you can, just, only, you can only finish off yeah. uh, what, 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 what's there just an interesting little nugget from Andy Good uh, he uh, knows his stuff does know his stuff he knows yeah. his stuff he's good he knows his stuff indeed players good podcast you look out to um, <laughs> you look out to the centres then um, it's an interesting one isn't it Tyler Morgan that's a surprise is there any reasons that we can think of for that inclusion I tell you what, do you think seven seven back three players and four centres? Do you think we're going to see the experiment of George North at thirteen once again? Well, no, based on the fact that they've named four centres. Like when when we all do our, you know, we always do our pieces on Wales Online where we all pick our squads, etc., etc. I only picked three centres in mine, and they are the other three named: obviously Hadley Parks, Jonathan Davis, and Owen Watkin. Um, just purely because I said there's no point in including anyone else because nobody deserves it. That's a fair point. Um, and if they do feel, and if they are short, obviously we know North can move in, and you know they they have they have tried that one, you know, plenty of times at World Cups as well. You know, I know that was through injuries and all that, but still, you know, they chucked him in there and he's done all right there. Um, they obviously didn't want to take that risk, so they've named four, um, and they've obviously given Tyler Morgan a shout. Having not played a great deal of rugby for the Dragons recently. Well, not he hasn't um, played a great deal of rugby really since the last World Cup. Oh yeah, I mean that's it. <laughs> He's had so many injuries and setbacks and illness. It's interesting though, right? Because they obviously see Sun again. Yeah, that's well, why they pick him. But twelve You'd months ago, him. twelve months ago, Owen Williams was the next big thing. A ball player at twelve, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, um, he was on a bench at Gloucester last weekend. Came on for a few minutes. First time anyone's seen him for a while. What do you make of the way that? His sort of stock has like literally fallen through the floor. Well, he fell through the floor at Gloucester, really. Yeah. After that autumn campaign when he appeared for Wales, um, I mean Gloucester signed him, and then I believe after he was signed, they recruited a new coach in Ackerman. Johan Ackerman, is it? Yep. Is it yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And perhaps Ackerman doesn't see such great things in him as um, as uh, the, the the previous coach. Uh, but um, you know the whisper is Gloucester think he's a good defensive player they don't think he's so great for the ball yeah he looked really good for the ball with Wales and when he's with the Scarlets I think he's a good he's good on the ball he's a good footballer and Wales got a great try against New Zealand last season which he was absolutely privileged well I thought you know I thought he did well he did well last year I think think he was a victim in that Wales didn't know what game plan they were heading towards at that point they, they, they thought bringing in a dual playmaker would be the sort of fix of all, all the ills. Uh, persist with Dan Bigger at half, but if you've got a ball playing centre, that sort of negates 
everything in the in, in the back line and, and adds creativity. It did to an extent, but there were still problems and I think that got pinned a bit on Owen Williams because, well, you're meant to be the fix. Then you have Hadley Parks come in for one game and score twice and it's like, oh, there's Hadley Parks. Yeah, at the time when Gatlin said before he picked Parks that uh, Parks could play with the all-round game, he could also carry the ball up. Yeah, Parks, uh, Parks is just a us, you know. typical key who does, does everything. Yeah. But Wales, Wales are desperate for, for depth at 12. Um, yeah. Owen Watkins needs to come on and really... He's a good Show prospect. Yeah. He is a good prospect, a good but prospect. he hasn't shown it on the international stage yet. Yeah, he's shown flashes, I think. Showed flashes, but it ain't enough here for me to say that I, you know, I back him hundred percent on the international stage to perform week in week out. Um, I think he's got a bit to prove there. Um, he's, he's mainly partnered Scott Williams on the international stage. Well, yeah, played which I know together. they, I know they play along together now, and they're starting to build a good partnership at regional level but I've always found on the international stage to be before they were teammates that there's almost a bit too much of a similarity between two players you know Scott doesn't look always look a natural 13 at test level I think he's more 12 perhaps yeah. the same with Owen Watkin and it just felt like it was two sort of 12s as placeholders in the centre yeah. it'd be interesting to see how he went with a John Davis outside him or he played a 13 at Hadley Park's inside him. Yeah, they'll probably get that option in, in the, in exactly, the order. Yeah. But I just want to touch on Williams again. I think his case should serve as a warning to any prospect who've got Welsh international ambitions. I think his biggest mistake was not coming back to Wales when he left Leicester. Yeah, but he wasn't being picked by Wales at the time. But he so was close. He, didn't think he, had a he was show. close. I remember that was a big, it yeah. was a big um and an R and about what was going to happen with his future there. Yeah. Mm. And I remember thinking at the time that he made the wrong decision by joining. Yeah, Boston. absolutely. And yeah. have you ever seen a, a, a better example of out of sight, out of mind than that? The uh, way that he's fallen off the off the map in the last twelve months. Uh, not really, but uh, I'd argue as well. Grass is not always greener across the border. Yeah. I think Dan Biggers finding out at Northampton. Were awful and their record of season is poor, shocking. And okay, Reese Webb has been injured, he played the first three games for too long. Too long have also been in free fall, yeah. You know, the 12th yeah. of the French uh, Championship. Uh, do you know what? It might be a mistake for Bigger and Webb that both the two have left Wales, as it turns out. And don't forget, in addition to their regional salaries, are their NDCs, there's a heck of a lot of money. You get paid a heck of a lot of money for playing for Wales as well. Yeah, but you can understand. There's always the argument, and there you can understand looking for new experiences, looking to secure their futures financially. Yeah, big money, money for play for Wales. Yeah. Where potentially, you know, where potentially, uh, you know, he did play a little bit for Wales last season, but uh, if he played the entire season, he would have had the best, you know, better run about the extra two hundred grand on top of his Osprey salary. Or his ND, he was on NDC at the time on top. Yeah. So it's heck of a lot of money. Yeah, you know, okay, he might be on massive money at Toulon, but potentially he's thrown away a lot of world's money. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair yeah, enough. But you can't blame for going if he wants to go, go. Yeah, yeah. Try it. Do you we can name our Wales squad the strong, strongest Wales 15 out of the squad that's been picked? The strongest 15 or the 15 that's done against Scotland? The strongest 15. 15 to face Australia. The strongest 15 out of that 37 man squad. Okay, well, so we start this? with Lucette. Rob Lucette. Evans? Yeah. Yeah, Rob. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Hooker? Well, Ken. Ken. He under a bit of pressure, don't he? Elliot D, Ryan Elias, both had good summers. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did, but I think Ken is experienced and all. I think they'd be starting with him. Yeah, they'll be starting with him. I think he knows it as well. He knows he welcomes it as well. Um, 
he was in Argentina, had a conversation with him while he was out there, he was doing a bit of Channel 4 stuff. And, uh, you know, he admitted that he's uh, got a bit of competition there now, but it's only going to drive everyone forward, so all positive. Tight dead's interesting. Is Samson Lee still the main man? When he wasn't last season, Thomas Francis was. Samson Lee's the man for me. He started the season well. Started the season very well for me. I thought against Uh, Ospreys, he carried the ball really well, scrum was really well. Is Francis starting for Exeter? He's never started much, even when he's played for Wales. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put my neck, as I like doing on Chopping block. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go for <laughs> Wonder, D- yeah. Dylan Lewis. Matty, you were there in Washington and in Argentina. Yes, yeah. How was his tour? Yeah, brilliant. It was a great tour. And he really emerged as a genuine candidate then. You thought, all right, this guy's now in the World Cup frame. Yeah, Captain yeah. said today how pleased he was with it. Yeah, he's got oh, a, well, he's I'd like to see him play more for the Blues, though. Yeah. Um, I think everybody would agree there. You know, he's got Dimitri Ayup up in front of him. Um, you know, he, I think Wales obviously would like him playing more. He wants to be playing more. I, um, I think, he, do you know what? I think he's scrummish better for Wales than he does for the Blues because there's a lot more weight, weight in the Wales second row. Yeah, there's probably yeah. a lot to be They're said for that. You know, the Blues is all Blues perennial problems. Like, they've they've always been at lock, haven't they? Yeah. But yeah, all right, fair enough. Who are you going for? Me? I go with Samson Lee myself. Um, second row then um, I mean does that pick itself yes anyone want to put Jake Ball in ahead of Corey Hill no at this stage no I'll tell you what Corey Hill they missed a game last season yeah, you'd be, only uh, player played all 12 matches yeah, yeah I think Corey Hill gets there on merit but it's great to see Jake Ball back yeah, yeah. I like Jake Ball it's good to see um, good ball coming. also Talking about the summer tour, Adam Beard was absolutely outstanding on that tour. Was, um, another one prospect. who yep. really emerged as one of the youngsters to come out of that tour with a lot of credit. Well, they all did, but you he's know, a he, man, he's a massive man. He's, I, I tell you what, that's one of the things that struck me about him when I met him. He's obviously a big boy playing in the second row, but he is a seriously big bloke. Um, back row, then it gets interesting. We, do we all agree on Moriarty 8, obviously? Yes, yeah. Um, then you got your back row makeup. Oof. We're going the best, this is be, best back row now. Best not, back row, not yeah. To start, okay. Alice Jenkins, Justin Tipperick. Yep, I'd have Alice at six, Tipperick seven, seven myself. Yeah. All playing left and right. Left and right, yeah. I'd I'd agree with Different that. Situations. Yeah. Is that necessarily the, the thing they all go with? Uh, I think it's the best one, though. Personally, I'd, I'd agree with definitely it's the best one. Um, all right, then uh, scrum off. That's a tough one, isn't it? I'm going to stick with Gareth Davis. I think that Gareth Davis, again, we talked about Australia here, so I think he's still his jersey to, to lose. Yeah. Um, I do think Thomas Williams is going to run in close. Yeah. Ben? Uh, I'd probably say that Gareth Davis has just done enough this season. Yeah. Um, still. They, still. They keep still. talking now. They, the buzzword now is X Factor. Yeah. But X Factor players, so they're naming Jack players with X Factor, Luke Morgan. Jonah Holmes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't remember Ian his name. Ian Willie. <laughs> I had struggled with it when I called him Josh at the press conference when I asked Gatman about Josh Holmes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I after the man from the BBC called Luke Morgan Owen Morgan. <laughs> so it was one of those days. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of those days. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's a. You know, they named Bogart. He scored sniped away for a typical try against Racing. Yeah. yeah. Again. So, you know, he's a try scorer and I think they, they locked him for try scorers. Yeah. I never, I never actually finished it. I think Gareth Davis has done enough, but I, I, st- I still go Thomas Williams. Oof. There we go. Playoff yeah. is contentious. It'll be uh, damn big against Australia. 
But do you think that's their best option? I doubt you do. No, I don't. I don't because I think Wales need an attacking outside half who can uh, who can uh, tie in the opposition, threaten the opposition, create opportunities uh, and more space for others uh, others to prosper. And uh, with Patrick's injury problems, I thought Patrick did really well uh, during the summer tour, and I thought he nudged ahead of uh, yeah. Anscom at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think was uh, uh, with this concussion issue, now I definitely pick uh, Garth Anscom. I know the man derides opinion, but uh, you know, cut him a bit of slack, give him a chance. Ben, um, it's a tough one because I think you know the general consensus seems to be now that Gareth Anscombe has to start one way or another. I'm inclined to agree with that, but I there's still something in me that just thinks Patchell just gets a little bit more out of a backline. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, See, yeah. you go either or with them two, and I think you're relatively happy, aren't you? Yeah, I don't think personally. I don't think either of them really emerged as genuine contenders for Dan Bigger in the big games in Argentina. Um, I agree with you that Pacho probably had the better of the tour, of the two tours uh, um, between really? him and Anscombe. I don't think Anscombe will feel like he had a fair crack because he he was ten for the South Africa mm, game. Yeah. Conditions were awful for that. Like they they weren't awful to play in as such, but they they were really difficult handling conditions yeah, in that game. Really and they obviously they were a little bit under the cosh at times. Um, first game as a young squad together I think they had a bit of an easier ride in Argentina um, and obviously the conditions were a lot more favourable as well and you know Pacho played well and I think he just probably edged edged it out of the two of them um, but yeah I don't think either of them really overtook Dan Bigger for me Where's his uh, record mine and Bigger's last 70 I think it's about 70 matches it's not fun special nothing special but Anscombe's best performances for Wales have always been off the bench yeah I know what that's, you're saying yeah that's my big thing um, I, think he's, mm-hmm. I think he's more of a I don't want to call him an impact player because that that sort of unfair bit there, pigeonhole. Yeah, like. pigeonhole is what he does and sort of probably betrays his all round game. But yeah. I, I genuinely think he is. Yeah, even the Challenge Cup final, he started at fifteen, and, moved to 10 and when he moved to ten, half. things happened. Same it, happened it, to Twickenham, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just it's dynamite, wasn't it? Problems he gave England. Yeah, well, mm. hey, I, we, we all all run the houses on that one. Don't forget, um, he used to keep Bowden Barrett and the um, Lima. Sipo Wanger. Sipo Wanger. Good pronunciation. Good effort. Then up to the New Zealand under 20, number 10 jersey. I remember. Yeah, you do because I keep bringing it up. Centres. Well, Pride in the fit. Pride in Jonathan Davis is fully fit, which he's struggled for fitness since he had that serious injury last season. This season he's had other nickels, but if he's fully fit, it'll be him and Andy Paxson. Yeah. We don't need to spend too much time on the thing that. Is, Owen Watkins probably outplayed Hadley Parks on regional form, but the one big game has been Leinster and Parks just turned it on like a switch and clicked that day. And that's what he'll do for Wales in the autumn. And he's got enough stock at international exactly. level. He's got plenty of stock and he? so he'll be in there. Uh back three again, as you mentioned, and that the strongest back three picks itself. Picks itself, doesn't it? Jonah Holmes, Steph Evans, Luke Holder. <laughs> oh, nice one. Oh, he shall oh, today. No, there's a piece yeah. you need to write. Yeah. Why Wales should pick? Uh, Go on, Ben James byline. Um, there you are. Should we just touch uh, very quickly? And obviously the regions in action. Uh, Dragons Northampton is thoughts. Uh, two g- two games. Uh, two teams with not very good records uh, <laughs> this season. Um, Dragons big win. Yeah, that's it. That, yeah, you know Dragons need to win this game. Going uh, fully loaded, and uh, it, it will give them. Uh, uh, massive confidence for the rest yeah. of their campaign if they win this game so yeah in a sense it's almost a pivotal match for them because I think Northampton are there for the taking yeah. Ben Leicester Scarlets 
that's a massive one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, let's be fair, the Scarlets can't do what they did last year. They can't lose the first two. Um, should have won on Saturday. Uh, didn't. So they need to win this at Welford Road, and it's not been made much easier by the fact that Patchell's out. Angus O'Brien's out for the season, mm. uh, so it's all on Dan Jones. You've now lost Johnny McNichol, so that's another sort of key player in that back three. It's, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Well, I would have liked to see Dan Jones at fly off on the weekend. I, was, I couldn't understand that selection myself. No, I rate Dan Jones. Angus O'Brien, but I he's, thought, a, he's a big game player. To be yeah. honest, Dan Jones. He does, he plays better. He's played right when he came on he as well. Yeah, he's a good player. He loves, he loves these big occasions. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. Worcester Ospreys? I mean, Ooh, you know, Osprey, you got a fancy Ospreys now? Like, you know, yeah, I kind of fancy Ospreys now. Yeah, like. I watched Allardyce a week before last, so I must have absolutely hammered yeah. Bristol. Yeah. Played some good stuff. Uh, but I think the, uh, the Ospreys were under fears about Worcester. No. Uh, like they would have said they were going to Leicester or something. Yeah. And they've had some good wins up there in the past. Yeah, it's not really, I think the Ospreys are definitely improving this season. Mm. If they got a decent team, they can win that match. Yeah, Blues Glasgow just to finish things off. Should feel, like the they, they, should, they should feel good about that. Do you think? Yeah. Well, they'd be on cloud nine at the moment, wouldn't they? Cloud nine. Mm. And for, for what we talk about, how Cardiff Blues aren't the most consistent team. Are Glasgow that special? Has Dave no. Rennie really brought that much to Dave them? Dave Rennie's good, but Glasgow got the same problem. That was they had five years ago, as they had eight years ago, as they had ten years ago. They lack enough power for European competition. They have not got the forward power. I tell you what, and that's they, always been their problem. They missed you at Hog as well, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. Plus, plus the Blues, like the Scarlets, a team that get two number Europe. They've been doing a lot of their best performances for Europe. So they've go. got a bit of a decent history, you know, they've got a decent history really in Europe, same as the Scarlet's are. Yeah. It'd be good to see the arms parked full and a good atmosphere there, and hopefully uh, all the regions will get good results. I know I predicted 4 to 4 last week. You weren't far off to be I fair. I nearly got there. Yeah. I tell you what, I didn't think the, the Scarlet's would let me down either, and um, and they did, but I wasn't far off. I'm not going to go as bold as that this week, I think I'll leave the predictions for now, but uh, unless you want to offer one. Yeah, three Welsh wins, Scarlet's lose at Leicester. Scarlets lose at Leicester. Yeah, I'm covering that so game. Really and every time I've been to Leicester, I don't think I've never seen a Welsh team win at Leicester. Oh, come anyway, re- remotely near winning at Leicester. Why are we sending no, you there? No, I'm talking about this. I fancy the, I'm doing the Dragons Northampton. I fancy the Dragons. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, Dragons. Northampton, Northampton, Northampton had a patient, didn't they? Yeah, it's Clermont's group, isn't it? So that's well, I'd say for the take if they want it. But yeah, well, they sure they wanted a Northampton. They have them, didn't they? Yeah. Frankly, so it's it's what it's what it's how Northampton turn up from that, isn't it? And, Anybody joining me and backing the Dragons then on that one? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go, go Dragons. Uh, I think Blues. I think Ospreys. Blues, Ospreys. You know what? There you go. What's know. the weather like for uh, Scarlet? I don't know what the weather's doing these days. Yeah, like, again, again, again. It's probably going to be miserable. Rassin was, was, was a similar tale to Bath last year. They It was better than Bath. I think Bath, the weather's okay on Friday. But they, they still, South Wales, but of course it's in uh, the games in Leicester. They still, they still don't have a, their, their wet game fully down. But if yeah. it's if it's all right in Leicester, yeah. I know it's at Wilford Road, but Leicester are aren't exactly in the greatest of forms. Uh, it's just a case of if they, if they can handle the injuries now. Anyway, we'll move it on from there. And I don't think there's much more to discuss on that one. We've nope. uh, we've run our course this Fair week. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, now we've got the European Games coming up this weekend, um, and then we're full on into international mode. Wales's first test against Scotland is on November the third, and of course, you'll catch all the latest rugby news between now and then on Wales Online.